Hey guys, George Mesa here, Third Eye Edify podcast with um, a very first time type of interview on this show. I have uh, multiple guests and I'm very excited about them. This is some pretty serious stuff. I have been certainly following what's going on with FTX and SBF, Sam Bankman Freed. I'm sure a lot of you have as well. It's an unavoidable topic. It could be one of the most important topics of the past decade. It's going to lead to so many different things. And um, I'm really honored to have these guests here with me. And I hope that you guys are uh, just as excited as I am. And let me let me do a little introduction for them as best as I can, because they need some recognition right now. Let's first thank the man who put this all together. We've got Bird Dog, the mystic crypto Ronin. Put as many of your subtitles as I could in there. Um, this is all his fault. We've been talking lately. I said to myself, you know, I really can't personally do an FTX episode. I'm just not the guy for that. I don't know enough about it. I haven't been working with crypto enough. I, I didn't think I had the skill set, but this guy does. And who does he bring in? He brings in living legend, uh, Terry Tillert. <laughs> you, this is an incredible thing. So please, um, Bird Dog, start it off for us. Introduce yourself. Tell people where they can find you and what, a little bit about what you do. Uh, well, it's a true honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Um, yeah, my uh, um, on YouTube, I have a YouTube. Please, if you want to check it out, um, it's called Bird Dog the Cryptic Ronin. Sometimes I go by Mystic Ronin, uh, where I really share a lot about um, DeFi, passive income in the in the crypto asset realm. It really doesn't exist anywhere else. But I also like to mix in the metaphysical and esoteric because I believe that um, there's a code, underlying code, uh, and I believe that if we can decode the code, uh, it makes this realm a little bit easier to uh, to navigate. And another one of my main goal mission statements that uh, the whole reason I even um, created as any sort of like YouTube thing was to the tribes. Um, I've always wanted to um, bring the esoteric realm, the, the high minded, high frequency beings over into crypto so that they can also prosper and not stress about money and as well as the crypto investors to also uh perhaps adapt some metaphysical and uh as well to not only prosper financially but also um health wise so it was a true honor to be here and uh i merely um i i just like to introduce people and uh and uh jorge you've been a, you're an amazing uh, inspiration to me as well which is why when i saw you on some other uh platforms and heard you speak i was like I was, I, my mind was blown. So it's a true honor to be here with, uh, with all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. And, um, and again, thank you for introducing me to, um, Terry, really, this is going to be a pretty awesome thing. So you have done so much and over the decades for so many people. And I just want to thank you. First of all, you're, you're really an inspiration as, as he said to me, I'm saying to you, you really are an inspiration and Arcapulco presenter and all kinds of other things. It's, it's too many things to even mention. So please uh, give the audience a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself. Where can they find your stuff? Well, thank you to both of you for having me, George. It's great to make new friends. Great to get yes. connected. Chris, thank you so much for all that stuff. So, you know, for me, um, I mean, I, I used to have a, social, a big social media following and it started out in the health world and trying to enlighten people, but it quickly you know, got involved with trying to find the truth for everything. I had a small event happen in my life when I was a very young adult that made me want to know the truth about everything. I just wanted to eliminate all dogma, all that stuff. So it was a hard hitting truth channel. You piss a lot of people off, but you eventually get a big following of the right people until you get banned. Right? <laughs> um, and then I took some time off, but then I recently spoke at uh, two back-to-back uh, -back Anarchapulco events, as well as three of their Anarchovid events. I was recently on the Expat Money Show, and I recently started up a Telegram channel. So I'm getting back into the groove after taking some time off, trying to help as many people as we can. Uh, we could put the Telegram group in the show notes for those who want it. It's a private group, but we help people with uh, passports, visas, residencies, relocation, asset protection. We're very involved in the crypto world, privacy tech. Uh, we're huge on passive income. We think people should diversify. We have six programs that we currently like. When the markets are going down, we still want to make sure that everyone else's accounts are going up. You need cash flow to do that. We also are in our community. We also feature the Bird Dog uh, DeFi program as one of our six. So we're fans. 
Wow. And uh, we're just trying to make the world a better place for anyone who has ears to hear, for those who, who want some help. And so, uh, and a part of that, I think, of what we're going to discuss today is having that macro picture of how the world really operates and what the criminals are really doing and where crypto's going and where it's not going. And was this FTX thing? A little freeze up there. Hopefully oh, he comes right back. That's right. I think he'll come right back. Um, well, either way, this is this is big stuff, and I'm super thrilled about it, and um, hopefully he'll come right back. Um, there he is. All right. Sorry about that, Terry. We had a little hiccup there. Um, yeah, please finish whatever your that thought was, because I think that was important stuff. I, I I was, I'm not sure what you heard last, but I was just handing it back to you. I, did, I just want okay. to cut the intro short. I was talking too much. And uh, so okay. we'll go down any road you want to go down. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Well, let me at least bring up this image to set the mood because it's there's a potential here for this being a big factor in what's going on. And this is the um, the symbol of the, the family crest of the Fabian Society, which was founded in 1884. There's rumors that 1984 was... That, that, of course, that book was given the year as the 100-year anniversary of this. But the bottom line is that their symbol, their logo is the wolf in sheep's clothing. So let's keep that concept in mind as we look ahead here. So I think the best place to start, really, especially for people that may be you know, following me a lot, I'm not necessarily a crypto-oriented show in any way. I do news in little bits, but for the most part, I give information that I find as I see it you know, necessary to enlighten people, to edify people. So I think the best way to start is let's get something out of the way right now. Blockchain versus crypto versus any other things you think that are parallels. Can we dispel any potential misunderstandings that seem to be all over the internet right now about these ideas, even though this is a, <laughs> not a new thing at all? It's many years old at this point. But um, whoever wants to take that can take it. I don't care who it is. But let's let's make sure we walk away with this conversation at least knowing that differences between that yeah i think it's probably the most important take home of them all like the media is going to try and lump all the bad shit you've seen in 22 and lump it into one umbrella called crypto which they are going to actively paint in whatever light that they want right so bitcoin is the original DeFi. DeFi meaning decentralized finance not wall street not run by the government right that was the whole idea. And of course, I would say it's the first DeFi project because it is a currency that is not issued by the state or by central banks. A potentially future altering, planet altering technology, really, because we've been under literally under a prison of central bankers issuing currency, right? And so how do you break that force field? You've got to have something that's not issued by them, but it's so hard when they're in control of the whole thing. So Bitcoin comes along. This becomes a threat to the institutions. I don't most people don't realize or don't think about Bitcoin this way. They're only thinking about it from the speculative standpoint. But it's a way that we have a global international means of exchange of value that I can trade something with somebody in Croatia. Let's just say it's an online business and a subscription service. I can trade Bitcoin with them. And it's completely outside of any dollar denominated, any government issued currency system. It's global. It can't be hacked. It can't be destroyed. It, it's a brilliant design in the sense that there is no head office. There's no CEO. There's no registered corporation. Translated, there's no place the government can send tanks and guns to, right? <laughs> right. Because the Bitcoin blockchain is so decentralized that it's, there's no central entity or person or anything to attack. And I think that I would argue that probably 98%, it's probably higher than that of people don't realize that that is the origin of it. Now, who started it and all that stuff? We can we can talk a lot about those theories, but the easiest assumption to go on is that it was probably started by freedom-oriented anarcho-capitalists. Some would argue the CIA started it. I don't know. Even if they did, it's grown so far to their control. They did not intend for it to be the way it is today. It is a threat to them. So they have had 13 years to plot an attack on, on a on a project, a concept, a technology that can literally put an end to all governments and all central banks. It's the first real threat that they've had in any remote semblance of modern history. And so you have to realize that a lot of these projects that we are seeing that they just put this umbrella term of crypto on are actually projects started by them 
that were designed to get popularized by them, that were designed to be deliberately collapsed by them <laughs> so they can dragnet as many people into that collapse as they can, A, to do maximum damage, but B, also to shake the confidence in what is a, a true competition for them. Right, so along comes this new DeFi network, this whole brand new, some of the projects are trying to do the right things. They're trying to create a new world of finance like Bitcoin, but they're not trying to be the currency. They're trying to create an ecosystem for financial products that people use in all countries of the world. Again, that are non-central bank and non-government controlled entities. Well, that becomes even more threatening to the, to the establishment. So they say, right. oh, you know, Wall Street's looking how, how they can get undercut from the knees. Why would you go through a JP Morgan or your Citibank or your whatever financial trading platform and pay their exorbitant fees? These charge people 30, 50 bucks to place one trade. You only try and buy 100 stocks of Apple and they were dinging you for 50 bucks. You had to go through an intermediary. You had to go through centralized entities. Right. And they had a monopoly on it so they can control the prices on it. The last thing they want is some place that comes comes by that charges pennies and cuts out all the intermediaries, right? So what? without that context, I think people are not thinking about this FTX thing right and not seeing crypto correctly. You have to realize that for 13 years, if there's no place they can send the tanks and guns to, they have to formulate other very underhanded comprehensive strategies to try and take on what they're doing. And then for those who are not familiar, they're looking to bring in a central bank digital currency. If you know that's, that, that's their plan, and if you've studied that plan at all, you realize there's no way that that plan works with cash free flowing in the economy and thousands of digital alternatives that have, that have far more freedoms for the people. It, 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 it's not going to, their plan will not work unless they take out the competition. So I think what we're seeing with this FTX thing is not a crypto project at all. This is a bankster project. This was a coup from the start. And same with a lot of the other collapsing uh, entities that we saw this year. I believe that they're all intertwined and it was all planned and not by accident at all. Now, uh, did everything happen on the exact time frame and the exact days? Actually, I think some of them did. Maybe not all of them. I don't know. The jury's maybe, out maybe on that. pilot program, maybe. The pilot program was really close to this implosion, I think. Right. And so like, I'm not, I'm not here to say that I have all the answers. I'm just here at first to paint this context. So you realize that crypto, just to put a quick definition on what is crypto? Crypto means cryptography. The whole idea was to digitally encrypt. So it'd be private, digitally encrypt the, the, the identities uh, of, of the transactors. And of course, the cash itself, so people could not steal it or invent their own digital cash. That was the when they tried to start, you know, various versions pre-Bitcoin. That was the problem: is if it was digital and there was no centralized entity releasing it, couldn't anyone just create their own digital cash or some copy of it, right? So they had to find a way, and of course, the brilliance of Bitcoin found a way to do that. But uh, and the cryptocurrency notion. Right, is that most crypto projects, crypto loosely, digital cash, digital token economy, whatever you want to call it, are not trying to be a currency. There's only, you know, maybe 10 of those out of like 17,000, maybe 10 of them are trying to be a currency, but they are all using some form of cryptography. But an exchange, a big centralized exchange like FTX, um, a is is not crypto and it was just a token a token that came along down the road it's not blockchain it's run by the banksters it's run by the world economic forum it's got ties to every banking institution you could imagine and you don't get you don't get inordinate amounts of funding from BlackRock if you're in your 20s and you're an unknown quantity or variable so I'll stop there just hopefully that painted a little bit of context for the conversation to realize that this this is, I think, extremely contrived plan. I don't think these things are accidental at all. But I'll stop there and let let Bird Dog chime in. Can I? T I just want to tag on. Thank you, Terry. Yeah. And um, I, I I always love your passion. Um, something we need to consider is um, the main end game here in this realm in the controllers, the puppet masters, etc. Are to is total enslavement. So when it comes to something like um, money and cryptocurrency, they do not like uh, competition. When it comes to something like free speech, they want to control speech. When it comes to violence, physical violence, like with um, 
certain metal tools, they want to be they want the a monopoly. monopoly. They want to be the monopoly in that. They don't want you to be able to defend yourself. They don't want you to be able to feed and yourself, speak for yourself, think for yourself, conduct business and commerce between two consenting uh, parties. They want to be involved in all of it, and they want to control all of it with the end goal of total enslavement. So anytime it's like, hey, we can we we just can't have nice things because every time we try and create something, they co-opt it, um, and that we can see that over and over again. So that this uh, currency, whatever form that may be, whether it's blockchain related or or what have you, um, uh, they want to control it. So we've seen countries get invaded, those who didn't like uh, what Libya and those types and Venezuela's. And I know there's layers to these types of concepts, mm-hmm. but um, that's where wars happen, et cetera. When you go, we don't want to operate with your system. And of course, when things like, uh, you know, diary of an economic hitman and those type of things, right, where they come in with their moves and eventually violence is the, the final one. So that's another concept that we have to take in mind. Um, I know this is like we're on the holiday season. I know we all want to kind of check out, but these are very serious things uh, coming. Um, so, and cryptocurrency can be a tool or a weapon. Um, and it all just like most things. So, they are trying to again weaponize um, commerce and currency. So, that's the that's the nutshell. For, I you know, love your callback reference to confessions of an economic hitman because <laughs> if anyone studied that, you realize that this is what we're living through. But it's not as easy for them to do on blockchain, right? right. But but it's the same kind of usurping, underhanded kind of strategy to try and take down their competition, right? By either bribe or by gun or by force or by manipulation. And the same way they try and manipulate the prices of the markets, right? They, they anyway. And the, the, the new world, yeah, and the new world order is the same as the old world one. These are the same players. You have nepotism. You have all these various um, – this is just in modern digital day, this technology. And by the way, we also, um, to add on uh, in the future, technocracy, um, they speak of some incredibly dystopian stuff um, mm-hmm. that is a whole other conversations, but th- just know that they are um, uh, going that route. So, <clears throat> pardon me. So this, so I hope that's a le- good level feel. I mean, again, Terry and I, we are tangent central. We can go off. We could take any one of these comments and go. And but uh, I'm counting that, on it, man. I'm counting on it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, this. So this FTX um, deal, and also I'm esoteric, so I also will tie in the lunar eclipse, which I've been calling the lunar eclipse for um, in November on November. Uh, excuse me, November seventh. I've been calling that for a year, and I've been preparing for. Uh, incredible crashes during this lunar eclipse because I saw this coming and then FTX happens. Then on 11-11, they file bankruptcy officially. So I didn't know in what form it was going to happen. Coincidence? I I don't believe in coincidences. So I just want to throw that. That's why I also, I'm a mystic uh, crypto Ronin as well. So if we want to get it, you know, so we we can uncover this FTX and uh, look at all the the same players and all, oh my gosh, the lizard class, these parasites, they can't actually create anything. They can only copy and the copies are never as good as the original. And they can also subvert and defile and water down. That's all these psychopaths are, are able to do. So agreed hundred percent, you know, and I, it, history does repeat itself in that respect. And history also repeats itself in the public, the public eye of this. It's often, well, I guess we're going to have to do it. That central bank digital currency is the only way. I don't want to touch dirty any money anymore anyway. I can't carry sacks of gold with me anyway. And then suddenly you've got this thing that, it, before I go in that direction, actually, does this tie into the desire for certain regulation? Because that seems to be the hot topic as a result of the F- FTX crash. That word regulation yeah. comes into mind yeah. for almost every single conversation I've seen. Let me jump in, Terry. Um, first of all, for the three of us to do business, we don't need regs. Right. We're 100%. already conducting. I can send and we can purchase from each mm-hmm. other easily mm-hmm. right now. 
We right. don't need regs. Right. Regs are so the corporations can come and play. Regs are so they can uh, control, like I was saying about talking about control. And when has the government regulations on any topic ever, ever improved anything at all? Right. Um, usury, which is this financial uh, scope, is all usury. It's all um, bureaucracy. It's all bribes and, and everything. Price controls. I mean, it goes into. So, yes, just like the gun control, when you have a lone shooter somewhere mm -hmm. supposedly doing something. And then the next day they have 14,000 page bills ready to go. Now, for those that, have, that know what's going on, um, we know that, you know, we know that people like um, the current president, like in the 90s, he had bills ready to go for the Patriot Act. In fact, many say he wrote the Patriot Act, which happened in the early 2000s. So they have their whole playbook, literally. They're like, what? They're like, literally like, all right, what playbook? All right, I got, I got that bill right here. It's already right. been drafted. So right. that, that is an indicator that none of this is organic. Um, if you believe in this being organic and coincidence, et cetera, I apologize. You're incredibly, incredibly naive to how this realm actually operates. Mm -hmm. Okay. These sure. are agendas. They, they want to move the herd and nudge you. So yes, something like this is definitely could be used as um, a, a, a preface to implement regular and goals and those types of things. And I've never seen one example where that's ever worked out in any sector at all. So that's my thing. Right. No, good point. And people, they ask for it. They, they get you to actually desire the end result that they already pre-created. They reverse engineer the bill and they make it work. That but I'm powerless. I'm but powerless. I'm, right. but no, I, didn't, I didn't mean to stop Terry there. You can go right Seven ahead. billion people. Right. But I, what can I do? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And Terry and I, I'm telling you, we're out here, we're, we're doing the work, we're trying to free the people, and uh, I'm yeah. telling you, um, we're a very small minority, and uh, so we're, sure. trying to, we're trying to um, shine light on the darkness, and we're trying to raise the vibration, uh, but, you know, people kind of have to do their own, they have to starve the beast in multiple ways, and they have to implement some of these freedom aspects, if you're even in the freedom, I don't even know if people are even in the freedom. They want security and comfort, and uh, they'll they'll get neither. You will not if you trust the government. You will not. You will be not be healthy. You will not be wealthy. You'll be sick, broke, miserable. You will own nothing and be happy. I highly doubt Klaus Schwab's dad, <laughs> when he operated his little work operation, um, back in back in the uh, you know World War II days. I doubt his those people. They didn't own anything, and I highly doubt they were very happy. That's just my wow. maybe a. I'm reaching. But, they uh, yeah. almost they drain you down to the point where you almost crave, at the very least, convenience, where life can be easy again. You know, maybe it's a wartime thing. It could be a lot of things. It's hard to hard to quantify it, but it's a big factor. And again, Terry, I think we may have interrupted you in the thought there. Go go for it, man. No, all good. No, I was just saying that this is classic problem reaction solution, right? <laughs> uh, so they they want regulations. You know damn well they want to release their banks, their coins. They want to make moves towards the CBDCs. They want to make moves against the competition, like we were talking about earlier. And so they need events, right? Like this is why they always stage false flag events all over the world. You know, of, of a wide variety of different kinds. Like he was talking about the shooter incidents, like. These are clearly what they're doing. So this is just, but I think it goes a little beyond that is all I would add is that I think that, you know, the regulations part great. So now they got the great public story of it, mm -hmm. but they also got to take down a lot of people. They got to drain a lot of retail investors. When Klaus Schwab says you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. They take the you'll own nothing part far more serious than you think. And one way to do that is take a, take a project on a pedestal. And rise it up from fucking pennies to hundreds of dollars and people get rich and they put it in the spotlight and, the, you know, they do this on purpose, right? They've got Wall Street money, like World Economic Forum, Rockefeller, Rothschild money behind it. They pump it up really high on a pedestal and then they slam it down. They fleece the retailers and then they get to scare people out of their wits of crypto, this magical, mystical thing called crypto. It's just a buzzword in most people's minds. I mean, I try and have conversations with people with crypto all the time. I'm not like trying to badger them while they're out having fun, but I'll always try and plant the seed, try and feel them out. So where are you at? There's, the average person is so clueless. They don't get the first thing about it. So all they got to do then 
is to cater to a message to those masses on TV, say, oh, look, another crypto thing gone bad. Don't look over <laughs> here, people. We got something new and better coming for you soon. Yep. And yeah. maybe maybe people don't know how serious this was. I mean, here's the FTX arena in Miami. They, they, they were all, they had went all the way so fast. It, it was a, a meteoric rise, as they say. And if you go to the website, it still has FTX down there as a, what did it say? It was um young, young and exciting cryptocurrency exchange that continues to grow at lightning speed. They didn't even take it off the website yet. How, how lazy is that, man? It's crazy. It's crazy how far it went. And, and nobody sees a problem with this. It's just like when one of those rappers comes out of nowhere and they're 20 years old and they're, they're you know, millions of fans. How does that happen? This is how it happens. Yeah, how, yeah, how does it happen? Right. It doesn't happen. You can make a name <laughs> it won't yourself. happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> it won't yeah, happen to anyone you know. It's funny, right? Just the other day, I'm walking down the street. You can't yeah, see. That's yeah. too glary. Uh, this guy's walking with a sign and he says, fresh mixtapes, two bucks. I just, I, I totally respect this young guy that's hustling, cool. right? It's only cool. two bucks. I, I had like, I think I had four ones in my pocket. I double paid. <laughs> Give me a CD, man. Respect the hell out of your hustle. Love right. entrepreneurs. But what are the odds that I'm going to see this guy on the radio? You know, even if he's really good, probably really low. But I respect the hell out of the hustle. Right. And I want to reward that, you know, those activities and the guy pursuing his dream and taking control of his own shit. You know, I love that. Did you listen to it? I'm going to. I just bought it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I will. That's why I left it right beside the computer. The sucker's going in. <laughs> wow, man. You know, that's my. that's been my career since the 90s. I'm a musician. It's what I've always done. And I try so often to tell my students that are, you know, getting that, that look in their eye. I'm like, look, it's probably easier for you to go be a professional athlete than to make it in this world. I promise you, you know, so yeah, it's really quite difficult. You don't know anyone that's famous through that. And if you do, they were bought or who knows, MK Ultra a long time ago before they got to that point. You, there's yeah, requirements. musicians, and you know this, are, are, are out there gigging and they have multiple networks and they gig. They're basically on the road and they go gig and they... If you're a drummer or something, which I know many, uh, they got to carry their own. They're not uh, from Pink Floyd. They got to carry. They don't have roadies. They got to carry right. their own stuff. So it's a hard life um, when you're really uh, trying to make it happen. For like sure. That. For sure. So maybe we can just backtrack a moment before we dive further into the nature of what this is and how it came to be and who it affects and how it's essentially going to affect everybody, it seems. Um, we should probably talk about Alameda a little bit and the relationship between Caroline Ellison and the uh, Tara McAulay, who was the co-founder of, of FTX. And at, at the same time, maybe we can also get this terminology out of the way because it's been coming up a lot uh, lately. Native token versus exchange token. Are they the same thing? How do they function? And what is FTT versus FTX, for, especially for the viewers? And, and to just make this a little more thorough. Yeah, I mean, I'll try and keep it simple. For, for people to try and get this right, because I, I just want I want them to, to to get the essence. If they get the essence, they can always go research the technical details, right? But they, you've got to you can't get lost in details. The, the first thing I want to plant seed wise in someone's head is when you see twenty something people, people in their twenties. I'm not saying they're dumb. There are some people in their twenties that are exceptionally smart, but you can figure that out pretty quick when you listen to them. You know what I mean? When you listen to any of the interviews of Carolyn and SBF, it's not your first impression. There isn't a part of you saying, wow, you know, and then even a cursory research glance and you try and find out where did they get their original money? Where did they get the seed money? Where did they get all this stuff started? You can't find any of that. Right. And that's when, you know, for start, it's the first big clue. It's not a guarantee, but there's a good chance you're looking at really shady dealings. And then. Right. You know, George, imagine you and I start a business right now and we want to get Larry Fink at BlackRock to fund us. I mean, fuck, right. you know how <laughs> yeah, hard right. that would be, you know, <laughs> yeah. like how would you how would you get a meeting? How, who would you talk to? What hoops would you have to jump through? And, and and if they did, if they did by chance, you had a friend who got you a little meeting, a little something, they uh, would might give you they might give you like a small amount of like tested out money. They're not just going to sure. throw big money at you and then call all of their wealthy friends and say, hey, guys, everybody who's in banking, just throw billions of dollars at these young, two stupid meth heads, which, you know, leads me to my other point that we were chatting about earlier, you know, it's like, is it, you know, that you're 
a ma- you know, if anyone watched Sopranos, you know when someone's a made person, you know, someone's, right, got, right. someone's got already got immunity, you know they're already on the inside circle, they're a part of the criminal gang, is when you can come on YouTube in your 20s and laugh and giggle about doing meth and hard street drugs yeah. on TV, when you got billions of, billions of dollars worth of investors' money that people are watching you for, you're, you're on an exchange where you got hundreds of billions, like, uh, and you're not expecting the cops to knock at your door. Okay. And then after the story breaks, you see a video of Caroline Ellison strolling downtown New York City, hanging right. out, doing some shopping. Where? Across the street from the DOJ, right? <laughs> like you, you guys just robbed and fleeced and gambled away billions of dollars of people's money. It's a far bigger scandal than Bernie Madoff, a regulated right. scandal like, you know, Bird Dog touched on earlier. Right. And, and you're just hanging out downtown and loitering. You don't do that, and you don't brag about doing hard street drugs on YouTube to investors, A, which would be absolutely unheard of. I mean, hey, Jorge, could you lend me some more money? I need to buy some more smack. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Or and for I, me to expect the cops don't show up. It's bullshit. You know, it's no, crazy. It's time to hide. It's time to hide. Man, you got to be like Anne Frank in the attic. You're hiding. And you're, I can't you're... find any, um, like, why would they give, like, let's just think about it on that normal level for a second. I can't see any previous successes on uh, why you would give uh, this guy um, those those billions, right? Like on right. merit, so to speak. So, right. you know, like as Terry was alluding to, it's like he's obviously a puppet. He's obviously funded, well-funded. And, um, you know, and the funders are, are very suspect as well. And, um, you know, we I tie this into um, – intelligence operations shadow money dark money um and this is really uh at at face value a money laundering scheme ftx is a very large money laundering scheme which Mm -hmm. they bundled it funneled in other money that they got from their dark ops and then funnel and then make it clean uh whether it's through the ukraine whether it's through you know several other um entities offshore uh offshore dude FTX has one of their offshore um, outfits is called um, West Realm Shire. <laughs> really? Now, holy crap! Dude. Think about the show West World. Like these guys have West Realm Shire is one of their offshore accounts um, that they use to lo- uh, launder money through. These people mm. are weirdos, man. You know yeah, what I mean? Good like, point, man. We talked about the dystopian enslavement, but beyond that, in the meth, I mean, and there's other dark stuff they do as well. These people are weird. They have that whole trend. You listen to anyone from and their World Economic Forum, all those, all those types, they're all into transhumanism, which will show that uh the FTX, uh, his brother, um, was donating to uh a transhumanist uh outfit. Um and this has other, uh, you know, this reminds me of, you know, the Epstein folks. And definitely these people are weird, guys. Like this is not just something you turn on Fox News. And when you start to peel back the layers, this is a very big it's a big club and you're not in it, as uh, George Carlin said, you know, it's, right. not, it's not an isolated event. Yeah. And, you know, like he's making a great point. If you if you go down the trail of the campaign, all you hear about is, oh, yeah, it looks like he donated to the Democrats. Yeah. Go look a little further than that. You know, I, Again, put yourself in the shoes. Boys, the three of us are running some kind of business. Right. We're, we're getting a little bit of success. And all of a sudden, you know, um, I don't know, the, 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 the science for cutting off boys penises in elementary school calls us up for a donation. What are the odds that we're not going to hang up the phone on them. What normal per, but these guys are donating to all kinds of like unbelievably weird clauses, shadow figures behind every layer of the onion. You peel back their, their parents were all MIT, you know, Stanford, uh, both sides of the family connected to the, to the sec connected to all of the higher ups, to all of wall street. They're involved with the Clintons they are involved with all kinds of stuff. And then you see this picture of there's SBF, you know, some, you know, dorky, Kid, I don't want to be insulting or make that. I don't want that to become his resume, right? It's, it's, it's right, unfair. Right, right. It's prejudging him. But what are the odds that he's sitting on a stage at some massive conference and he's sitting beside Tony Blair and Bill Clinton? And then the week after FTX collapses, he's got another thing scheduled for a, a meeting to speak on stage with Janet Yellen and um, a few of the other like hardcore criminals, you yeah. know, but. 
But and then how many years back does this go? And how do you? you know, I go back. How do you get BlackRock support? You please tell me. That's how, already how, how, that's how that should be that. anyone who truly knows should that should immediately be the end of you trusting any of it. And you know that's that's easy to say when you're in the the kind of research level that we do. But for people that don't know, BlackRock is the blackest of all. They really are one of the most. If you don't know, I I suggest go go looking into it. We don't have time to give you the whole details on what they are and what they do today. But you, that's that's one of the most important companies to keep track of, just like the World Economic Forum. If you if you watch what they're doing to get a taste of what's coming, the BlackRock is there paying the way the whole time. It's it's unreal how much they're in, in there, have their hands in this stuff. And, um, you know, speaking of red flags, and, and we kind of touched on it, but I don't think we actually said it flat out, is that in the interviews, the, it looks like they are especially SBF, it looks like he's a little drugged out. He's shaking a lot. Like you see his arm going like crazy as he fails to answer very, very, very simple base questions. When this guy's supposed to be heralded as a crypto genius, even by the people that were interviewing him at the big, the big news companies, no one seemed to notice that he, that he was absolutely unequipped for this job with his illiquid funds. You know, I, I don't know how that could have possibly happened. Did you guys end up seeing that as well? Or is it, was it on your radar before any of this happened? Or did it kind of well, come to light closer to the end? A, a bunch of weird things happened for me. Like when this, when they first kind of burst onto the scene, of course, I'm interested. You know, you don't want to miss out on the next 100x, next 1,000x coin. Like no one wants to miss out on those, whether you like the project or not. But I was just very distrusting. When I hear, okay, crypto billionaire, that, that's just how they referred to him in the beginning, right? The, the first time I ever heard his name is a, some young crypto billionaire, but you can't find the guy speaking on any stages. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been around. Bitcoin's been around for 13 years, right? So do any of the Bitcoin OGs know him? Do any of the people who spoke right. at the original conferences, like in 2011, did they ever hear this guy? Okay, maybe not. Okay, he was young. Okay, uh, 2016, 2017 rolls around. Was he invited to some young kid or him and his parents, like maybe at a joint venture, they bought a bunch of Bitcoin when he was really young and, <laughs> and now he's now he's wealthier and, and he's on stage and he's telling his story. There's none of that. He just comes out of nowhere. And by the way, do you even think it's easy to get on CNN? Like it's, it's not easy for an average person to get on CNN and express an opinion about anything. But this guy's right. got instant media coverage, partnerships with the World Economic Forum, BlackRock as a financial backer, friends with the Clintons, on stage with Tony Blair. I mean, just come, like this is a World Economic Forum project that was a designed to attack status quo and to fleece as many retail investors as they could. Uh, sure. And I didn't lose any money in this one, but some people lo even lost money on the collaterals of it, which I think that was also part of their plan. So it's, it, you know, right. very stressful, right. frustrating, sad. Yeah, well, it is, you know, I mean, look, I got a little shot here. Of the, these are some of the who's who's that are involved in this. And I think the yeah. main dude to mention at the moment is Kevin O'Leary, because he's kind of in the spotlight big time about all this. I mean, we see some other yeah. guys that everyone knows almost every one of these people, even if you don't follow pop culture. You know who these people are. Maybe you don't know Kevin O'Leary's name, but you know his face from Shark Tank, right? And um, I heard him. There, I think it was CNBC. They were they were grilling him pretty hard, and it was it was nice to see actually. But they were saying, "How did you not vet this more thoroughly prior to getting this fifteen million dollar, you know, um, check just to be a, a spokesperson or at least to have a commercial like Larry David had a commercial for them?" And they said, you know, it's safe and easy and <laughs> sounds just like um, safe and effective to me is what it really sounds like. <laughs> and um, I, I how, you know, him and his buddies, nobody vetted this properly. I mean, isn't there, don't we have um, like True Value Labs is, is a, you know, data service that they use AI to, to scope out the ESG of a situation and to see if it's, you know, even real. How is, did AI fail? Are they going to start blaming AI in a certain way that failed? Because AI seems to be popping up here and there, and I don't, I don't see that being too far-fetched, especially with the whole conversation about everything apps lately. This is the kind of thing that FTX wanting to be one of those everything apps, and, and Twitter obviously is on their way. Maybe YouTube will once TikTok gets blown out in this country. It's a lot of, a lot of different things, and that sticks right to transhumanism. Easiest way to have an everything app is get a chip in, in your body somewhere, I would say, at the end of the day. It's going to take a little time to get there, but... I can see that as being a goal. And this is all part of this, all of these things, all these nefarious things. It's, it's really well, crazy. When they cast their spells, can you bring up that picture of the, what you just brought on those people? The, yeah. All right. You got all the shades of human beings covered here. Right. 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 It's, yeah. You know, that you know, that's how they operate. And with the, and um, 
The and good luck trying to get them on your on your side. Good luck on trying to get through to their offices. You know, good luck. Oh yeah. But you know, you got Tom. I mean, you know, just the just the at um the look, right? Everyone's got the look here. Should cover a lot of people. You also have um the Larry David one, where he's like, I don't like it. When they uh -huh. cast their spells, they they do give themselves a karmic out, meaning. We told you, you know, car uh -huh. cosmic, our cosmic lawyers have found loopholes to where if we say, don't do this, or we do it in a satire, that gives us some sort of, uh, it doesn't affect us by the karma. These people do operate with spells. And they, they are into the dark arts. So <laughs> I just wanted to show that for, you know, um, you know, when they advertise, you know, you got your, you got all the, a lot of the bases covered anyway. So, um, and as, as Terry was talking a lot about this, the company started in May 2019, and then two years later, they're worth several billion dollars, right? Um, that's just ridiculous. And if the start of the fall of this, at least on the surface, is um, the Binance uh, C CEO. Um, we, he goes by, we, we call him CZ for short. Right. Cheng Peng Chao, right? <laughs> Cheng Peng Chao. Thank you. Right. I don't, I'm, I'm really, I don't never try to, I never try to pronounce the name. Well, I feel like I might have butchered a bit. <laughs> I feel bad. Oh, I was really good, man. Um, you know, he had about $2 billion worth of FTX. You know, he gave them money and in return received FTX coins. It's kind of like when you go back in the day, they did the old give us gold and in return we'll give you a piece of paper. You know what I mean? A piece of yeah. paper. And right. you're like, dude, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't get this. But anyway, so um, C, so uh, CZ was like, dude, um, your partner has a you know majority of these FTX native tokens, which are just native. I can explain native. If yeah, you maybe get get into Fine. FTT in a little bit. Explain why FTT versus FTX. You know, soon. Sure, and um, and uh, so he sold his position so cz was like i don't feel comfortable i feel like this is not a i feel like we're very exposed so he sold his position and then later i don't know the next day or two or so was like uh i liquidated my ftt ftx uh position and that and that started like a bank run and then everyone's like you know because uh binance is a, an incredibly big power player in in the crypto space so everyone started sell 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 and it was basically a bank run and it's you know goes down to the bottom and then here we are here we are today um funds lost funds gambled away funds whether fraudulent fraudulent you know all, all the funds are gone good people safe and regulated and these these guys are um you know registered and all that bahamas but you know uh -huh. what i mean they're, they're uh did all the official and these are the clean um safe you know uh investment where to put your money safely right now when it comes to native coins it's basically if you have an exchange a lot of exchange exchanges have their own native coin um binance has their native coin they actually have a couple but you know they have bnb is their native coin right and so all these um coinbase doesn't have one but crypto.com has their own native coin crow so you know it's kind of uh, and then what brings value to it there's a lot of tokenomics involved on what actually brings the value and they say they through fees and things and you gain value you're almost being like a venture capitalist as well to where you buy their right. native coin you're basically investing in the company and then right. they take that and um i guess they buy drugs and launder it and does it work in the way we're taught how capital works when you're in elementary school you can you hold my money you use it and then i take what i need when i need it and that's probably somebody else's at that point is it a similar oh, well they're very fractional okay so they were very leveraged as well so they were very um a lot of like you know the alameda connection is where they leveraged and did all these high super high um derivatives etc where you are basically gambling on official gambling trading right. and lending borrowing leveraging leverage trading on um your coins or where you you know you have a hundred dollars worth of it but you're it's up to ten thousand dollars of value out there in the in the derivative uh thing so when you do a bank run when you do something like that that kind of comes home to roost so to speak because you no longer mm -hmm. have that asset 
uh, to kind of uh, as your baseline, to, whether it's to borrow, trade, leverage trade, whatever the case may be. So that's another aspect to um, to this deal. Right. Is that why? Because I was curious about this. Is that why Alameda and FTX both filed for Chapter 11 simultaneously on 11-11-22? Speaking of numbers, <laughs> is that didn't they didn't they file at the same time? Well, he's you mean on six six six. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah. definitely. What <laughs> a crazy. coincidence! What a quinky dink! Yeah, and he's also the co-founder of the Alameda one, Al- Alameda Research, and he put his, uh, I guess, his his method girl, uh-huh. supposed girlfriend, but yeah, I think that they said they used to be through, right. They're connected through families, yeah. So it's the you know you kind of. There's a there's a lot of shenanigans when it comes to these legal entities and shuffling money around. So right. Alameda was like they're kind of used for the leverage side and the derivative side. I see. I see. But they own both sides. You know what I mean? So, but they when you yep. present yep. it, you go, oh, Alameda is this, and uh, you know, FTX is I this. See. So there was a very similar thing that happened months ago. There's another uh, Alameda equivalent, like uh, Three Arrows Capital. Mm-hmm. They went down, and but you had all these other outfits that were invested in them, Celsius, Voyager, s- several others. In the back, they, in the front end, they take your money. In the back end, they all invest into like the one, the same thing. Well, that right. one thing dies, and that crashes everything. So oh, yeah, this was like a bank run. So your bank, your Wall Street, you just everyone decides to pull their money out. They'll go under because they're so over leveraged on the actual what's in the coffers. You know, I that's see. a super basic. I, I was just real basic, but no, um, it's good. It's good to, you know, that I think everything that was said was necessary. I'm, I'm so happy that we can provide this for the audience, all this deep details of things that you guys really know what you're talking about. It's awesome. I'm just asking the questions here. And, um, um, Terry, what, what do you, do you have any opinion on John Ray stepping in afterwards? Who was the guy who stepped in for Enron? And he said, this is worse than Enron. Oh, essentially nothing, you know, <laughs> said there was no yeah, way, no bank account. I mean, I would just go back to like, if anyone thinks that's a coincidence, you know, I've got oceanfront <laughs> property in in uh, in in Nebraska. I'd love to sell you, you know, but <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, hey, but, clean this up, like you did Enron. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah. This is a big job, <laughs> you know. I'll take care of it. But you, you know, I mean, a few things I just wanted to touch on. I kind of slipped my mind that listening to Bird Dog. One is, did FTX as an exchange come onto the marketplace and offer anything truly unique that was not already in the market? And I would answer that not really. They did a good job. Everyone liked the way it functioned, but did they offer anything unique, which you know is usually the one thing that should catapult you to having a huge corporation? Second, to tie on the money laundering thing, like just to plant the seed in people's heads, you hear stories like, you know, all these politicians, all of them, right? There was a story about Pelosi. Don't quote me in the details. Came out recently. She goes into Congress, and it's called that for a reason. She goes into Congress, and her net worth is, like, modest. And she leaves, and it's, like, $50 million. And And she is the story of all politicians. So where and how, they always have a mechanism for getting the money into their bank account. Now, I don't know, and I can't say for certain what's happening really for real in Ukraine, but at least in the early days, I went out of my way to go find the live video camera footage for all the downtown major cities in Ukraine, and there's fucking nothing happening. Zero. And by the way, if there's some bloody war going, you wouldn't have every politician, every bureaucrat. David Letterman is over there right now, apparently interviewing the president, hanging out in the streets. They're not wearing vests. They're not wearing helmets. They're not wearing. There's not really a war going on there. Right. So, they got brave. so brave, so brave. I forgot. Broadcast yes, they're, cameras, huge, heavy broadcast cameras. I don't think they're, so. they're just braver than we are. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if there's a little bit of skirmish going on in some little pocket, I might buy that. But that's about the extent you could ever sell me on that mm. story. But the point is, how much money is flowing over there is unbelievable. It's more than it's something like. Ah, don't quote me on it again, but it's something like a billion a day. It's more than that, probably, if you count all the companies, all the factors, all the things that we're not seeing. And it's not going to fund a war. Ukraine is their buddy. The World Economic Forum recently released a brand new video recently showing uh, uh, Ukraine in 2030. It's going to be their pet project for the most advanced city, for the great poster child, for the great reset, and how it's going to be all run by tech and 
all this stuff like oh so i thought the what the ukraine who's the enemy here right? right you can see videos going back decades and decades of putin and klaus schwab have been good friends for a very long time that's how he got into office by the way it's the real reason he was a fucking cab driver you know yeah. uh, and don't tell me he's not one of their buddies you can't sell me i don't even believe in the idea that there are countries anymore it's just a, a group a club of people working together manipulating our perceptions but all that money that, you know, all the Congress people have to get their money from somewhere, right? So they send it to Ukraine, wink, wink. They use a crypto exchange, wink, wink. And then it gets funneled into some mystery bank account. Like it has to get there somehow. Like that, that They're getting the money somehow, some way. And that's this was a great vehicle for them. And so it was a fake proxy war. There's a reason why the military always calls it the theater of operations, they're telling you, goddammit, right? So we're just right. looking at more theater and all of these. And I'll add one last thing to that I thought was important to touch on. You see, you mentioned Three Arrows Capital and you mentioned Voyager and BlockFi and all these other companies, right? I'm going to go with benefit of the doubt and say the Pareto principle is probably at play. Let's say 80% of those projects and outcomes were all predetermined by the criminals and the other percentage, 20%, call it 50-50, whatever you want, were the collateral damage, were the criminals going after the competition, right? But none of these things, Celsius, all of these things that you saw happen this year, they, these were all on purpose. Now, did they happen at exactly the time frame that every person wanted to? Did everyone achieve their goal? I don't know. You know, I'm not in the boardroom. Those are things that are hard to, to, to quantify. But um, anyway, I don't want to get on a tangent. I'll stop there. But I mean, I thought those are important things for context to forget people to think about because people are not going to believe that every company, every person we see, David Ray showing up for, for the Enron bankruptcy. I mean, that's not right. coincidence to me, but, but why wasn't he brought in the others? I also saw a thing, right. by the way, I saw a video today. I should also mention this. I wanted to mention this. I watched a video about the FTX thing and Bankman Freed's in there getting questioned by all these politicians that I've never heard of, never seen in my life. You clearly know nothing about crypto and all of a sudden they're here to protect the people. Same theater bullshit. Um, but, you know, in there they say, how many, okay, in this big grander FTX thing, how many Americans were in there? Less than 2% of their customer base. You know, so why the fuck is the U.S. Congress involved? Why, why is the U.S. arresting them? Why is Sam Bankman freed in the same jail cell as Jeff Epstein was, literally? Why, right. you know, why, 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 why? It begs more right. questions. Right? Yeah, the, the exactly. Metropolitan right. Correctional Center down at Lower Manhattan. It's yeah, just on. a coincidence, though. It's oh, just a coincidence, I'm sure. And Caroline is shopping across the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, because if I knew they were coming for me, I would be hiding in some country with non tradition laws and very right. poor government tracking like right. uh, you know not if, a popular game, tourist spot that's notorious yeah, for that hang if i can throw some other stuff out there just for context by the way i shared um a couple links in the private um but we may want to save the transhumanism agenda uh for the next the i think so. half and Definitely. some of the other stuff but for now if you look at fox news they say like um the brother who to me is like the bag man and they donated thousands to the democratic party well when i look at things um realistically they actually here it says 40 million dollars to the democratic uh midterm election just for the midterm election here in the u.s and then so 40 million just for the midterm elections for democrats and i'm not a by the way i'm not a i don't i'm not into <laughs> any parties i'm just just throwing that out Same there. Here. So then another one is um, the brother also created a guarding against pandemics nonprofit, hmm. uh, which aims to prevent another pan, uh, <laughs> pan buzzword. Sorry. Uh, another horrendous. Oh my gosh. They're dying in the streets, but right. millions and how much let's see to prevent another one. So somehow their um, nonprofit is going to prevent another, another pandemic. Thank you. They they donated uh 70 million to this for research projects, campaign donations, and initiatives that hope to boost biosecurity and pandemic prevention. That's part of the Washington Post. So you got 40 million to the Democratic Party directly. You got 70 million to this thing that also does campaign dino, uh donations. That's right. over 100 million in. And they're going to save us from future pandemics, which is uh, beautiful. And then, um, 
you know, they also donate to this other outfit called Semaphore. It's basically they want to control the news, the whole news that was founded in 2022 um, by the BuzzFeed guy. Now, mm -hmm. the BuzzFeed guy here, I'll just show you this. Uh, yeah, yeah this is the Wikipedia. It's just a Wikipedia just to get basics. Now, the BuzzFeed guy himself has shenanigans involved as well with super dark art stuff. So this is another thing. That's what this tie is, by the way. Looney Tunes. There's Looney Tunes. Everything Looney we're talking Tunes about. Bill. These people are insane, man. Like, crazy. Yeah. They're doing, oh, gosh, meth, money laundering, fake, every, everything fake. And uh, so they all, now they want to create, um, you know, they want to take over Netflix and be the new Netflix for news. Mm -hmm. It's their words, not mine. Right. So all this money from FTX... I just showed how it's being funneled at least at least a couple hundred million into all these other things. I and I, I didn't I don't know how much they donated to the transhumanism thing. So they're and then all the money going to the Ukraine. So this is the money that we know about. Then the money to the Ukraine. Then all this other money elsewhere. What the heck, guys? Um, nobody knows. Know you know, <laughs> nobody noticed at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. so. This is not a simple investment uh, outfit, you know, where you were, you know, you to get anyway, I'm getting you guys get it. No, that's good. You know what? I think that actually if, is a good place to kind of tail us off. If Terry, if you have any last comments before we switch off to the next uh, half where we're going to be on Rockfin exclusively, because I think we're going to get into some pretty nitty gritty stuff that I'd rather leave off of things like YouTube and uh, bitch. Alameda logo. Look at the Alameda <laughs> logo. We're going to discuss that in yeah. hour. Good. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to pull that up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so Terry, any final thoughts? Uh, I would just say, you know, at some point in your life, you people have to be adults and stop being coincidence theorists, right? If this was just one little seed that didn't seem right, one little thing here and there, you can always you can always justify or shrug that off or explain that away, but not what we're seeing here. You know, if you and I were truly just trying to run a business in the crypto ecosystem, a profitable for-profit business in a hyper, 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 hyper competitive space, we'd be very careful with our money. We wouldn't be making all these donations. We wouldn't even have the time to deal with, you know, all of these shenanigans that are going on. You'd be too damn busy trying to get ahead of your competition and, and just building a business. So this is clearly not what happened, but I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. And, uh, uh, we'll, uh, I'll let you guys take the floor. Wraps okay. up. Remind everyone one more time where they can find your work and all the awesome things you do. Yeah, I do have a newsletter at my website, which is my first name, last name dot com. And we do have a private telegram group. Maybe we could put it in the show notes that sounds or, good. or you can email me on through the website for the direct link to the private telegram group, but it's a solutions oriented group. We only want the right people in there. So if you feel like you resonate with that, come on in and we'd love to have you. Great. And uh, Bird Dog, please remind everyone one more time where they can find you. And then we'll uh, we'll tail off here. Yeah. And by the way, Terry's group is all it is solution based. I go in there and get some references. So shout out. Yeah. I appreciate your work, man. Um, and to I know I ride with a lot of um, high frequency beings that want to keep their vibes very high. And a lot of a lot of my a lot of people want to ignore this and consider it duality or, you know, that they 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 want to be Zen, they want to go full on Zen above it, but I would I would uh, and I and I'm not and I I get it right like I get that aspect as well you know but I also lean on other things like when good men do nothing evil prevails that sort of thing the ostrich you just put your ostrich in nothing everything's fine you know so we, you know I don't know the answer from a cosmic level on you know what I mean but I know that um. Maybe I'm not fully elevated enough, but when I see these type of um, atrocities, real atrocities, um, that also do affect one's own household, like I, uh, it, it, it gives me, um, I get a real fire in my belly, and then I get very um, righteous. You know, I know I think right. I think there's there's just a it just does not resonate with my soul, and I don't just sit around and um, and hide. I'm about no. Right. I'm like, no, love it. 
Um, but anyway, shout out, um, check out my YouTube is basically what I got going on. I have a free telegram group. It's in the YouTube. I try and share and uh, free the people and uh, help people uh, navigate this asset realm as well as Friday nights. We get weird. We don't even talk crypto <laughs> sometimes. We just like to go full on gamatria, um, astrology, everything you name it. So come join the fun. And I'm here to help people. I literally, I don't really have anything for sale. I don't do this for money, but um, uh, much love. And I appreciate uh, everyone out there. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, there's no financial advice being given or any suggestions in any way of any kind in any respects in this show or any of yours. And I just obviously have to say that. But I think that um, this is a great time to end here. If you guys find value in what we're doing, if you can't, let's say, join Rockfin or take a plunge into any of the things that are being offered right now, at the very least, share this with somebody you think it will impact or somebody you think will benefit from it, or somebody who's just on the brink of starting to realize what's going on. As soon as you lift the first layer off the onion, it smells terrible. And um, that's <laughs> pretty much where we're at at this point. And Terry, you said it yourself, and uh, the I think it was the expat interview, you said when, when there is, when they want to outlaw something, only outlaws have access to it as a result. And 100%. It's a, we can't be said any better than that. And um, I'm just thrilled to have you guys here. We're not done yet, but we are done with YouTube. So I think we're going to cut it off. We'll be taking a tiny little break. And uh, please find us on Rockfin, guys. Get a premium subscription there. You can get mine and everyone else's exclusive content. And um, that, that'll do it, I think. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'll, I'll see you on the other side.